0: And welcome to episode four one four of the Battery Power Podcast. I am your host Brad Rowland, coming to you on a Sunday evening here in late August, and I am joined as often by Scott Coleman. Scott, another four and two week for the Braves, but another loss on Sunday. What is going on in Atlanta?
1: Yeah, clearly this podcast has some kind of a curse, because as uh, as folks know, we record this on Sundays. As fate would have it, the Braves have actually lost on four Sundays in a row. Although over the month of August, they've only lost eight times, which is kind of a fun little fact. So four (laughs) of their eight losses this month have come on Sundays, which is very naturally the day that you and I get together for these. But a good week overall. It's crazy that we really only have about a month to go in the regular season, and it's uh, playoff baseball is right around the corner.
0: It sure is. And I'm not going to fact check this. So if I'm wrong, you can blame one Stephen Tolbert, my co-host from earlier this week and uh, our confidant on this podcast but Stephen tells me that the braves now are 10 and 11 on sunday that is hard to do when you're 40 over 500 for the season to be 10 and 11 on one particular
1: day they so, uh, they struggled on sundays last year too it's also it was also the day game thing which has been i believe this year the braves actually had the best record in the majors in day games that's after correct they famously like could not win in day games last year so now it's uh it's the curse of Sundays. They just lose bad. all the
0: night games. So uh, number one, we yeah. have to record later in the later in the night, and then they lose anyway. And it's just this change it up experience. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um.
0: Anyway, no, I, we we kid. You know the Braves are still in, good, in a good spot. Four and two this week. Um. You pull this. Uh, I guess we're officially in magic number season, Scott. We've arrived here in late August at magic number season. Uh, twenty one is the number if you are counting down, and that's with a loss today and a win from the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. So uh, 21, if you want to make your uh, countdown card or uh, do a flip chart, however you want to handle that over the next month or so, the Braves could be clinching. Somebody asked uh, somebody asked me, I, I couldn't find it with relative ease. Like what would have to happen if the Braves have gone like, you know, it was like 500 the rest of the way. Philly has to go like 30 and three or something. And like, has anyone ever done that before? And, they, and it's, no, I, I, not. I, I, Yeah, so it would be pretty difficult. But anyway, we're not saying it's over still. Yeah,
1: it's um, we're getting closer. We're getting
0: closer. I agree. Steve and I said the same thing a couple days ago. It's like, uh, if it's still this in a couple weeks, then I'll uh, I'll be there for everybody. But
1: yeah, and it's crazy. Um, the math is a little flimsy. Bob Nightingale actually said the Braves. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, baby. <laughs> Bob Nightingale said that the magic number to clinch a playoff spot for the Braves was 12. I don't think it's 12. I, I could try to do the math, although with so many teams involved, it's a little yeah, funky. Know. But, you know, within the next 10 or so days, I think the Braves mathematically could, if if they continue to play well, I would assume the magic number would just be for whoever the third wild card team would be, because that is, of course, the last playoff spot so uh, I, I think we are as we said we are getting closer although still a ways to go
0: yeah and Philly uh just to kind of throw it out there the Phillies who of course are 12 and a half days behind the Braves they have a three game lead in the wild card over everybody so that, t- that kind of tells you how far the Braves are ahead of the actual wild card to fall all the way out but we'll leave it there for now um later on in the podcast we will get to this weekend's series against the Giants, which was pretty good, all things considered. And I also want to take a second to dive into the MVP race, which is suddenly not so upsided, unfortunately, for the Braves. But first, let us get into quickly what happened in the Mets series. I've already exhausted all of my takes on this with Steven a few days ago. And by the way, please subscribe to the Podcast Network, where we had episodes from me and Steven, and also a solo Steven pod this week, because Sean is on hiatus and a much-earned hiatus right now. But... Uh, Scott, I will throw it to you. What jumped out to you from the Mets series? Was it, was it the fact that Charlie Morton was uh, Charlie Morton on Wednesday? Because, you know, certainly that's what I want to talk about as much as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> yeah, really, looking back on that series, Charlie Morton was fantastic. He has been quite good his last two starts. He's actually working on 18 straight scoreless innings, which includes that insane start. In New York a couple of weeks ago where he basically had more balls than strikes but somehow got out of it scoreless uh, so you know Charlie's done really a nice job he had 11 strikeouts on Wednesday and then the other player who I wanted to touch on and he had another good weekend in San Francisco is Marcelo Zuna I mean this guy for a player that admittedly you and I thought was I mean he was ready I mean he was getting booed Remember that he was getting booed not I mean, only at home but look, on the road. Man, he, sh- he should don't... have been. He should have been getting booed. Yeah. There was nothing wrong with it. It was, it was pretty appropriate. Month, yeah, first month, Marcel awful. He had a WRC plus of nine going into the start of May. He basically was benched for a week, and then he got that start in the Miami series, and the rest is history. And he has been legitimately a top ten hitter in baseball for the last four months he had another home run over the weekend so uh really when i M- marcel was great really all week he's probably going to be national league player of the week if i had to guess uh, maybe they won't do it because eddie won it last week but charlie and and marcel both had really really nice weeks
0: yeah i mean ozuna had five home runs in assist six games this week so that that's usually a good recipe to win player of the week um you know, barring weirdness, but yeah, he's hit in 22 of the last 23 games, all kinds of crazy numbers. And I continue to say this, I know, but it was probably repetitive a little bit. I know we have some listeners that don't listen every single week, but I maintain that it is... You know he was really really bad. You mentioned the nine WRC plus in the month of April. That's one month. It, it happens. It was it was worse than you would expect, but it was it was pretty bad. I maintain it's much crazier that he had been so bad for two plus years before that. It wasn't like he had been okay last year. He was he was pretty bad, like bottom five player in baseball by WAR bad, and then for him, to, basically the light just come on like this, and him being. This good and it, it is pretty wild this happening but he he just keeps raking it's uh it's wild so yeah it's it's worth acknowledging and he might win that award when it comes out on monday but, yeah, yeah. No, no,
1: no. go ahead i was gonna say too i mean it's last season it was basically home run or bust yeah. i think he had 20 home runs but that was it i mean he wasn't really getting on base His batting average was low. He he wasn't hitting for extra bases other than the occasional home run, which he would run into. And his at-bats have been so, so good. He's working the count. He's getting on base at a really high clip as well. And then the power has been consistent. You just mentioned what he did this week. And really, it's been a power surge for four months now. So uh, a big shout-out to Marcel. I'm happy to say I was wrong. I think you would echo this, Brad. I was I was ready to cut him, to DFA him, to not worry about him ever again. And to his credit, he has resurrected his career. And for a guy who's been around for a decade, this is going to be the second best offensive season of his entire career, which is crazy to think about. Uh, you, you know, in 2020, he was so good for those two months, though it was just such a weird year overall. And then we're going back to like 2016, 2017 for the last time over a full season that Marcel was this good at the plate. So really just a tip of the cap for him. And he has been such a driving force behind why this lineup is so good.
0: Yeah, even uh, before tonight, which he homered, he had a 570 slugging since the beginning of May. So that kind of tells you all the power you were just talking about. That's not just home runs. It's everything. Everything across the board. So, yeah, I mean, somebody asked me this this week, actually, about uh, in one of the tweets about Ozuna, and I think Steve and I talked about it, too, on the podcast. If I would have cut, like, yes, I, I would have DFA'd him probably multiple times. And it it it, it kind of felt like it. it's funny. I listened to a little bit of a clip of, of us talking about it um, back in, I think it was, like, late April, early May. When they gave him that that week off that you mentioned, it felt like, and I even heard a little bit through the grapevine and my limited sourcing, that I think they were seriously considering dfa at that point in time, like if the light didn't come on, it was probably going to be it. And the light came on. So uh, it worked out very, very well for everybody involved in terms of, in terms of the on-field of stuff. And uh, we'll leave it there for now. But he was uh, he was very good uh, again this week. So there, there's uh, that takeaway Um, on to the weekend, which, again, was another two one series victory. And by the way, they've won five consecutive series now after the wins on Friday and Saturday. Um, It is kind of funny how linear this is sometimes, but the Braves won the starts with Strider and Freed on Friday and Saturday. And they lost the start today with Jared Schuster, who I was surprised he even started. So we can go back to Friday. Um, it was the Strider show, basically, I, I might, with a sprinkling of Michael Harris, but a nice kind of breezy win. And when you can do that against Logan Webb, uh, who's also quite good, uh, to have a kind of no frills, no drama victory, that was a nice way to start the series.
1: And Spencer's been so good lately. I mean, for he had that fluky start in Pittsburgh where he was rolling and then all of a sudden gave up like eight hits in a row. And then suddenly he was walking off the mound in the third inning. But since then, he has only given up one run over his last 21 innings. And his, his, we'll call traditional numbers, have really started to look a lot better. He's now 15-4 and on the season. And his ERA has come down almost half a run over his last three starts. It was around four. For a time, and all of his underlying stats showed that he had been unlucky. He had been on the wrong side of some batting average on balls and play. And I mean, and every time you're just going to run into a little bit of bad luck, but I think those things are ultimately going to balance out. They have. So his ERA sits at 3.46 on the season. He has, I believe, the lowest FIP in the major leagues at 2.79. Really, across the board, other than ERA, he is top three in every stat that really matters. And as a side note, the Atlanta Braves are 21 and five in Strider's 26 starts this season. 21 and five. That's pretty damn good. The National League Cy Young race, I know the MVP race is getting all the, the talk right now, but I think Strider is going to have a real chance to win it if he finishes out strong. There's a couple of other contenders, I think Zach Gallen. On the Diamondbacks is probably the biggest threat. Zach Wheeler has been really good as well for Philly, although he really hasn't been necessarily in the headlines quite as much. But for Strider to go out there and just shove down a Giants lineup, it was really impressive.
0: Yeah, we'll have more on this later on, probably in September, but your point is perfect there. Uh, currently, I'm looking at one sports book. Uh, Gallon is the favorite, but a pretty narrow one over Strider. And then Blake Snell's in the mix. Um, you know, Corbin Burns is way down there. I'm looking at Zach wheelers now, you know, so I, I think it's probably a three man race based on the odds between gallon Strider and Blake Snell, but we'll see about all that stuff. And, you know, it is what it is at this point. Um, but he's, he's very good. I mean, we kind of know that, but the advanced numbers, uh, I, I, you know, ERA is tough sometimes, but Strider, it really is. Every once in a while you look at Strider's like Fangrass page or whatever, and you're just like blown away by the strikeouts. Like, it is just kind of worth saying out loud. He is averaging thirteen point eight five K per nine this year, which for a starter is just absolutely absurd. Like it truly is yeah. absurd. <laughs> yeah. Like no one does that in the modern game. Um, like you said, number one in FIP, number one in xERA, like all the supporting numbers, he is the best. And the ERA has been a little bit unlucky. He got he's got some uh, home run fly ball rate right issues this year, but like he's been remarkably good. So
1: worth yeah. noting that he, Spencer is on pace. For 301 strikeouts. Now, I don't think he's going to get there because, in all likelihood, the Braves will be able to take their foot off the pedal a little bit, perhaps in the second half of September, and give Strider and Freed a little bit of a breather. Of course, they're not going to send them out there to throw 110 pitches in any start once things are wrapped up. So he probably won't get to 300. But man, I mean, what a season and again man this is his first full year in the major leagues as a starting pitcher came out of the bullpen for the first couple months last year and then of course really was one of the two driving forces behind the braves going nuclear last season him and and michael harris of course so he just for his first full year as a starter has been so dang good
0: yeah it helps that uh you know to have a guy who could just go out and just shove like he does every once in a while. Same thing with Max Fried and, you know, Max Fried no, no surprises there. Max Fried was not in like incredibly dominant on Saturday, but settled in two runs, eight strikeouts, just kind of uh, another ho home victory. I don't, I mean, I don't have too much to add there. It wasn't like anything crazy Riley homered, but I mean, the combination of like two, not particularly close victories, not blowouts either, but just getting like racking up another series victory, having it be done by Saturday. It's not like today's game doesn't matter. It does, but kind of again, you know, it was pretty much A, B, C. Like put your really good starting pitcher out there, lineup does enough, and you win by four runs. Spectacular nights.
1: Yeah, just very ho hum, right? Yeah. Which is crazy for this team. That is, man, they're gonna smash the win record. I think. As long as something very weird doesn't oh, there's, happen, there's
0: there's there's Scott Jinks for you right there,
1: everybody. Yeah, I know. Pot, what what time are we on the clock here? Make sure to mark this, and <laughs> it can be the new SNY. Who's the Sal Akata from SNY TV? Can be the new one.
0: No, I will. I will uh, say uh, honestly, I'm not sure they're going to be. I'm not sure they're going to beat it. It is 106 People not people not remembering that. It's not a lot that they beat that by any means. I think actually they're they're kind of on they're kind of on that pace now. If they do pedal off and we you know I talked about this probably too much at this point, like they haven't pedaled off yet. Like there are still guys playing every single game, like literally every single game. But you know if they do pedal off at all, I'm not sure they're going to get there. But we'll see. It'll be close.
1: Yeah, it'll be close. Regardless, I mean just an absurd team. It is not an easy place to go into San Francisco and win. I mean, you mentioned they beat Logan Webb on Friday night. Webb was second in the major leagues with a 2.11 ERA at home. And, they, I mean, they just smoked him. I mean, the, the, Webb was lucky to get out of it with just five runs over the five-plus innings. And then, you know, Max Freed, I wanted to bring up Max. You know, he has been perfectly fine coming off the IL. And, of course, he missed three full months. You know, he's been fine. He has not been capital letters, Max Freed. I think that's probably to be expected. It is really difficult to miss that much time and then just get right back to 100 miles an hour in the middle of a season. He was a little shaky early, but settled in, which was really good to see. He also struck out eight hitters, which he hadn't been racking up the strikeouts in bunches over his last couple starts. So it was good to see him do that as well. And I think really just over this next month, one of the key storylines is just for Max to continue rounding into shape and hopefully being that legitimate number one ace that we all know him to be, as we, we've we talked about, and this is Captain Obvious. But if they can get Freed and Strider to the postseason, both healthy and firing on all cylinders, uh, I'll take that one-two punch in a short series against any one-two in the league. Scott, I'm, I'm not
0: trolling you, I promise, because I had the same thought you had, and I'm looking it up right now, um, about free not being like completely dominant and it's funny because his numbers look incredible like his oh, yeah. w- his yeah. walk rate even since he says he came back his walk rates minuscule his fifth is 3.3 exp 3, 3.15 like he looks like he always looks I- I'm kind of with you he hasn't felt that way I, I-, I guess a, little, a-, a few more base runners than usual uh you know five or six per uh you know per nine innings or whatever it is but yeah I, I- I'm with you it doesn't feel like it, but he actually has been dominant. Like just trying to take myself out of it a little bit. I think he's just kind of been his normal self. But yeah, maybe there's another half year to get to. Yeah, and if that if if so, that's kind of scary. I guess because the ERA is not quite as good as it was before he went went out. His ERA is like in the mid threes instead of the you know high twos, low threes. But we're nitpicking. Like he still looks fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: The mark of a legitimate ace. Yeah, and I think the ace term gets used too loosely in the majors where if a guy is the number 1 on the team, oh that's Baltimore's ace, oh that's New York's ace. A lot of the time man, the number 1 on a team is not an ace, uh, you know, across the league. Max absolutely fits that bill and you're right, he he's been fine. I'm not saying he's struggled or I'm concerned or anything like that. I think though over these next few starts, an opportunity for him to really continue rounding into form. Another good sign, too, that's worth mentioning. The Braves were pretty careful with his pitch count in his first three starts coming back. I believe he averaged about 75, 80 pitches in those. But he threw 103 pitches last weekend and then threw 98 on Saturday. So those are encouraging signs to really make you think that Max is feeling 100 percent after missing all that time.
0: Totally agree. Um, looking to today's game, we won't go into the excruciating detail necessarily, but I don't know about you, I was kind of surprised that they started Jared Schuster today, like when when he was called up, I was thinking he was even more of the bulk, long guy, and he ends up starting, and it's it's something that maybe you have the luxury of doing when you have a a massive lead, but what what did you make, before we even get to the way he pitched, I was surprised he started, I'll just say that.
1: Um, A little surprised. (laughs) Yeah, not shocked, I mean, really, the, the story of the season has been this carousel of fifth starters and they just haven't been able to find anyone to lock it down. And then you look at the record and you just kind of laugh considering how good they've been as a team. Yeah. I mean, you know, Alan Winans, we didn't talk about him. His start on Monday was not good. Seven runs, nine hits, gave up a ton of hard contact. Um, our friend, our buddy, Yanni Chirinos, who we talked about at link a week you, ago. You,
0: you called it. Uh, yeah, almost to the T. Uh,
1: it's, it, Sorry, buddy, that elbow really looks like it's not doing great. we got to put you on the IL for two weeks. Um, So he was an option. I don't think they wanted to go to ins again. It's worth mentioning uh, A.J. smith Shaver is actually on the injured list in the minors with, I believe, shoulder inflammation, and he's probably coming up on his innings limit anyway. Um, And, uh, yeah, so there's just not a ton of healthy options at the moment. Mike Soroka pitched a couple of days ago. He might actually be called upon in a couple of days in Colorado. We'll talk about that in a bit. So, I mean, there's just not a ton of healthy options. And clearly the Braves are starting to push guys back whenever they can with this big of a division lead. Um, You know, I I have really no confidence in Schuster at this point, but I, I, I guess he wasn't. Awful on no, Sunday? I, mean, he...
0: I, 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 I was going to say, I, I don't think he was awful today. It is a reminder that he doesn't miss bats, though. Like, you know, in his 10 starts, which I almost forgot he's made up that many starts, he has 28 strikeouts and 24 walks. Like, that's just not going to work. Um, You know, ERA in the low fives, FIP about five, XFIP about six. Like, he's not been particularly impressive. I thought, look, if you offered me what he gave them today, I would have probably taken it before the start. Um, but that doesn't mean that he was great because he wasn't. Like, he ends up being charged with four runs. Part of that's Colin McHugh, which we'll come back to in a second. But I thought that Schuster was okay, but he also looked like Jared Schuster. And I don't, I don't mean that like, in a mean way, it's yeah. just he's not particularly lighting the world on fire. And, you know, he did his job for the most part today. But uh, it, it, again, Steve, I talked about it a couple days ago. That fifth spot, like, we focus on him a lot because it's a interesting topic. It also kind of doesn't matter. Like, but when, it, when you get to October, it, it's not going to really matter at all. None of these guys are going to pitch unless some, something crazy happens. So um, I don't know. It's just one other thing that happened. But I guess we laid out that way with everything else, with wines and everything, I guess it's not as surprising as I make it out to be. I just, he was so, it, Schuster was so far off my radar as a starting pitching option for like the last like two months. But uh, he's back, I guess, in in the mix.
1: Yeah. And really, I kind of looked at it too as just a bullpen game where they didn't yeah. want to burn they didn't want to have to cover nine full innings with the bullpen. Well,
0: well, one of the theories, actually, it's funny that you say that one of the theories that was out there today, I'm not sure if it was real or not, was that um, one of the reasons maybe Snit went to McHugh, which we'll talk about now, um, is that maybe they were just planning on that being the progression the entire time. Like that was just always going to be what happened. They were they were going to go Schuster to McHugh to try to eat five, six innings. Um, yeah. I don't know if I buy that, but it, it, it's plausible to me that that was the plan the whole time.
1: It, it's it could be, um, you know, and and whenever you lose a game, there are different ways to lose a baseball game. And what I mean by that is you look at Sunday night, which was a, a frustrating loss. Sure. I'm yes. not sugarcoating it, but it's a Jared Schuster start. And they basically used Colin McHugh and Michael Tonkin to cover the game. I know Brad hand got in there in the eighth. He was probably just due for a couple, you know, just to uh, shake the rust off and get a couple innings of work in or a couple batters rather of work. So it wasn't like they burned through the entire bullpen and ended up losing the game by one in 12 innings. It was a pretty harmless loss. And look, man, I want the Braves to win every single time they play. But it was not, um, you know, it was not a, a backbreaker it, by any means.
0: No, it it was not. And we could do the whole McHugh thing. Uh, I guess we, we we talked about it at least once, if not twice the last couple of weeks. He actually pitched well on Monday. He threw three and a third scoreless innings and then, then didn't pitch for five days. And then he comes in today with two guys on. I didn't love going to him there. I'll say that, um, especially in it's one of those things that we've talked about. ad nauseum for years. Like my definition of high leverage and snits do not usually align. <laughs> That's a pretty high leverage spot. I thought um, when he came in the game with two guys on and uh, he didn't have it today. I'm not going to say he pitched well because he didn't. I also thought the reactions and uh, were pretty pretty funny. Like people want to fire Colin McHugh into the uh, into orbit. Um, I'm not quite there, but as we discussed last time we talked about this, he's not been very good this year. I'm not going to say otherwise. So it's fine. It is what it is. They lost the game there. Um, I don't think he'll be DFA'd, but I also think um, McHugh at this point is not one of their best six or seven guys. It just kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah, not not great. I mean, he came out of the bullpen and walked back to back guys. That was bad. Yeah. that just can't happen. Nope. And then, you know, Matt Olson had a chance to make a play that would have kept the game tied. Um, you know, Olson actually Matt Olson had an interesting couple of comments this week. I forget who did the interview, but even Matt admitted that his defense had been pretty bad this yep, year. He did. He talked about, uh, I wish I, I, wish I had it in front of me, but if I'm summarizing right, that, you know, he really prides himself on his defense and that he's had some missed opportunities this year and I mean, it looked like the the sun. He was battling the sun. There was a shadow right through the middle of the infield. I'm sure that if Matt was on this podcast with us, he would say that he should have had that ball and should have been a tie game going into the sixth. He didn't get it, and it ultimately spiraled. And with McHugh, he just hasn't been great. The command has not been there as it's been for years. This is by far the worst season he's had in quite some time, and. As we know, that happens with relievers, especially as they get older. I, I just, as the games start to mean more, I just don't think McHugh is really ever going to pitch in those games. I think he's perfectly fine as kind of a Swiss Army knife who you can throw out there in a blowout to eat innings. But uh, yeah, I mean, if if October rolls around and Colin Q is pitching high leverage innings, then I'm really going to have to question it. But ultimately, I don't think we're going to be in that spot.
0: Right. I mean, even Monday, the example I just used, they had him for the last three and a third in a game they were losing by what, six runs? Like, that's, and that's a very normal thing. Like, I, I think somebody made the point, maybe it was actually Twitterless Ivan, who's our, our guy at, at Battery Power, um, said basically he and Tonkin have, have changed roles. Like, they've flipped, in that basically they're using McHugh like they were using Tonkin as like the it's like the last guy who's also the bolt guy and maybe that maybe that, maybe that makes sense talking has been pretty good this year so we'll see but anyway it's probably that's probably too much on that but uh as for olsen i it's one of those funny things everyone that i trust that i talked to tonight or saw on twitter or anything like that everyone agrees olsen has to make that play like has to but also it's not an error so once you were watching the game like in the box score it's just like oh double off Colin McHugh, three three one double when it's like if, but if you watch it He's got to make that play. So it's like one of those very interesting baseball things where, you know, you can't, it wasn't bad enough to be an error, but it was I, I, to your point. He, I'm sure Matt would be like, gotta make the play. Sorry. Uh, so who cares? It is one of yeah, what? <laughs>
1: won the series in they a ballpark. The, the Braves have not had a ton of success in over the years. You've got the first leg of this West coast trip done. You have a, a Rockies team starting this next few days that are down bad. And then a huge series to wrap up the trip against the Dodgers, but after that, I I think the Braves don't go far. I mean, I think it, it Atlanta is as far east or I guess as far west as they go the rest of the way. They they yeah, have there a series. Are, there are
0: no time zone changes after this after yeah. this next week. Uh, yeah, that r- was. <inaudible> thank
1: you for saying what I was stumbling all over myself. Trying I'm to say
0: I'm, I'm with you all the way. No, it, it was a weird game tonight. That's kind of where I'll leave it. They they, didn't have a base runner until the fifth inning. You and I exchanged texts about how funny it would be if they got no hit tonight uh, (laughs) in the of the podcast. And then as soon as we did that, by the way, they just started scoring at uh, sort of ad nauseum. But uh, it didn't it didn't matter.
1: If they got no hit, I think, in true podcast form, we just wouldn't talk about it. Like, just just talk about Friday and Saturday. And we were right along. Straight yeah, Straight exactly. into the news. Yeah, and there was uh, no game on Sunday. And yeah. uh, in other news, Kyle Wright <laughs> might have had to do that.
0: Might have done it, actually. Speaking of Kyle Wright, we'll get to that in a second, as well as some MVP talk. But first, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast.
2: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity –
0: Scott, let us hit the news real quick here before we get to the look ahead to next week. You mentioned Kyle Wright before the break. Kyle Wright is officially back in sort of in the middle of his rehab stint versus having not started it so far. He pitched on Thursday in Rome. By all accounts, looked fantastic. Chris Willis, our fearless leader, was there and talked to Kyle, said he felt great. Um, some mechanical stuff he's working on and look, it looked good, uh, all upbeat. Everybody, you know, there was some worry about like soreness. There's nothing after that that I've seen so far. So uh, it looks like it went about as good as it could possibly go. He's not, obviously he's going to have a, still a little bit of ways to go here, but um, as far as like on the off day, on Thursday, a lot of, a lot of attention paid to Rome for that one night and it was all positive.
1: Really encouraging for Kyle. I mean, he was out, he's been out even more than Max was. So really, this whole year, he just hasn't really pitched. I mean, what did he make, two and a half starts before he had to go down? It might have been three and a half,
0: but yeah, it wasn't more than that. It was
1: something like that. And he had the unconventional spring where he didn't really pitch until later on, didn't break camp with the team. So for him to be sharp in Rome was a great first step, uh, 23 of 26 strikes, which is a great sign. So he's going to be in the mix as long as he continues to be healthy. Uh, It'd be – a perfect scenario would be to get Kyle built up in time for him to make a start or two in the regular season with the Braves, uh, just so he can get that kind of under his belt, see what kind of stuff he has, and whether he is potentially in a perfect world in the mix to start a playoff game potentially, or even as like a bullpen weapon. I mean, that That's something he's done famously in the World Series. I mean, he, he pitched big innings out of the bullpen uh, in that Houston series a couple of times and i mean he throws pretty hard to begin with and if he knew he was only going to be out there for an inning or two with that fastball and that slider i i absolutely could see that becoming a scenario uh, i think we do have to pump the brakes a little bit of course it was just in rome yeah um, so there, there's a ways to go on this on this journey but really encouraging stuff from kyle and his first real pitching appearance in more than four months
0: We'll certainly save it for later if we need to, but I totally agree. I think that right could be very useful, even if he's not built up all the way, maybe you piggyback him or somebody else or something like that. Um, playoff baseball is, uh, weird to put a word on it. And uh, perhaps that would be an option if they need to go to that option. Um, Ozzie Albies is nearing return. I'm looking at Twitter right now to make sure they have not announced anything. Ozzy could be back as early as tomorrow. He is on the trip. Um, he was in San Francisco this weekend. Um, SNIT gave some relatively positive comments. Like we'll see. Um, but yeah, he's he's very close. I know you mentioned like there's it's actually a pretty favorable schedule for him if he's able to come back. So hopefully he's able to play on Monday or Tuesday. Let's just circle that and cross our fingers. Again, we're recording this Sunday night, so we don't know, we don't know just yet, but Ozzy seems close.
1: Yeah, he was out on the field doing drills over the weekend, and really, it just never seemed like an overly serious injury. I am sure the Braves training staff is taking every precaution. Nicky Lopez had a really nice week at second base. Von Grissom even got a start as well and and hit pretty well. So th- there's no rush, man. Like, if, if they had some complete black hole at second base where every night you were just holding your breath, I feel like Ozzie would probably be back already, but they're going to see four left-handed starters this week, and we all know what he does against those kind of pitchers. I, I would be, wouldn't would be surprised if he's back soon. And, um, you know, rosters do expand on September 1st, so they're going to get to add a hitter and an arm to the, the roster. I kind of get the feeling that they're going to keep Vaughn Grissom up. Maybe not – I mean, Vaughn probably won't play a whole lot, but just to have him on the bench, get that experience – would be really cool. He's, of course, had basically a full year in Gwinnett to play. I know that there was talk this week that the Braves feel like he has gotten his work in for the season. Yeah, they don't yeah. If he's on the bench doing his thing, maybe once they clinch, they get him some opportunities at second base, uh, shortstop even, maybe left field, which is a whole fun topic. Um, yeah, so it seems more than likely that Ozzy will be back soon, and uh, it'll be great, especially against lefties. I mean, he has such prodigious numbers against lefties. Um it'll be good to have him. I also want to say that he just mashes in Coors field over his career. I think he's just crushed the Rockies too. So he likes hitting at that park like most guys do.
0: Yeah and and Vaughn had, I believe, yeah, three hits in his two starts this week. And um yeah basically the brace of all but said um the argument that everyone always uses is about he has to play every day. They they don't seem to care anymore about that. Which I don't I don't blame them for. It's it's late it's late August. He's been playing every day for Ozil, I'm trying. I'm trying to vamp on this. Look up. Uh, yeah, Ozzy has been very good against the Rockies. Let's just say uh, a 9.65 career OPS against Colorado anywhere, and uh, it's I think even better at course. Yeah. Anyway, Ozzy would be useful in this series coming up in Denver. Uh, before we look ahead though to the week in full, including the showdown against the Dodgers, Scott. It's time to have some MVP talk and. Honestly, I, we've mentioned it a few times. I've talked about this in various places. I kind of thought it was going to be cruise control for Ronnie and it is definitively not. And this was the week where the narrative changed and the odds changed. And I got into this a little bit tonight on Twitter. Even it's not really because of Ronnie. Like Ronnie's not been like lighting the entire world on fire, but he's been playing pretty well. It's that Mookie Betts has gone essentially nuclear for a long time now, especially in August. But even before that, he's been very, very good. And um, I have to announce this now on the podcast. He, he, as of tonight, both DraftKings and FanDuel are the places that I could find live you know, live or current odds. And Mookie Betts is now the slight favorite to win the National League MVP, which is pretty wild because Ronnie was like minus 800, like not very long ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mookie Betts is a hell of a baseball player. He's really good. <laughs> and I'm glad you you took the words out of my mouth and I'm glad you said it. This is not Ronald Acuna falling off. This is Mookie Betts being pound for pound as good of a baseball player as there is on planet Earth. Uh, He is, I mean, just mashing. Um, He's he's playing all over the field, too, for the Dodgers, which is really cool. I mean, he was at second base the other night, so he's very versatile. Him and Freddie at the one-two of LA's lineup is just absurd. Those guys are both in normal seasons, both having MVP caliber years and Ronald has just been so good as well on his own accord that, that he's making it a real battle. So with a month to go in the season, I really do think it's anyone's up for grab. There is a lot of baseball to be played. Of course, there is a very high profile series coming up this weekend, which is only going to pour gasoline on the MVP talk fire. Um, So, yeah, I mean, really, I see it as three very, very deserving candidates with with Ronald, Mookie, Freddie, who I I don't think is going to be in there at the end of the day. I think it's going to ultimately be between Acuna and Betts and even a guy like Matt Olson, who we've talked about in a kind of a a more traditional year, in a year where there weren't these crazy talented players going off. I mean, he has the traditional numbers that would win him MVP if this was 10 or 15 years ago. But when you have dynamic talents like Ronald and Mookie, I mean, it's just going to make for a really fun race over the last month.
0: Yeah, we have to include Freddie. Freddie currently, just for betting references, if you are uh, just to give you an idea, Freddie is plus 850. So he's like not a complete and utter long shot. Matt Olson is 100 to one. So I don't think he's going to win. Um, I think it's a two man race. But if Freddie were to go like just nuts. In September, he he could he could close the gap, but right now it's definitely Betts versus Acuna in terms of at the top. And just to go in a little bit more depth here, you know, Ronnie's got the very obvious pursuit of being the first player ever with 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases. He's very close to that. Only two players have ever had 30 and 50, and he's going to have barring something crazy 30 and 60. That is a very conventional. Uh, appeal also you know ronnie's got really good and really good numbers across the board um diversity plus and his war numbers are good Uh, elite level mvp level um i think the combination of defense which i know not everybody loves this and i I totally get it but the as far as the war calculations and all that stuff bets has a pretty decent lead on ronnie in the defensive categories which are boosting him up to the point where bets has like almost a full win lead in war right now that's not a small lead it's not like nothing by any means. And um, also just the fact that, you know, he's been so good lately and there was a conversation, you know, I think it might even been yesterday or two days ago. Brace fans were like insulted that this is even a conversation. And look, I would vote for Ronnie today. I really would, but it is a conversation now. M- Mookie's been that good. And I, 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 some of the stuff that I saw was like, well, rise has been consistent all year? That's true. Um, there, and there's an argument for that. And look, Ronnie's it's actually remarkable, like month to month, how consistent Ronnie has been. But at at the end of the day, it kind of matters what your full numbers are. And Mookie Betts essentially just had one of the best – is having one of the best months, like a recent memory. His OPS is like 1,300. And he's a 250 WRC plus in the last 30 days, Got
1: 250. Yeah. Oh, and like I said a couple minutes ago, I mean, if this shakes out where Mookie wins MVP, it's going to be deserved. Like, this yeah. isn't going to be some fluke where Ronald doesn't get it because, you know, the voters don't like how he plays or because the Braves weren't a good team or something like that. Like, it's going to be legitimately won by Mookie and not lost by Ronald, if that makes sense. Because Ronald's been perfectly fine. I mean, more than perfectly fine all year. I mean, he's been historic, right? 30 60 season has never been done. 30 homers, 60 it, stolen it bases. It has not. I mean, and he's probably going to get closer to, like, 35 and 70 by the time it's all said and done. Um, yeah. His, man, his I mean,
0: homers are down recently. And look, I, I saw some people talking about this night. Like, somebody, I kind of, you know, quote created them to be funny, but um, someone was talking about how Ronnie's like pressing. It's like, no, he... I mean, he, he. I guess tonight he didn't have a hit on Sunday, so you could say that or whatever. But before that, his numbers were totally in line with normal in August. The one thing he's not doing right now is hitting home runs. So if you want to circle that as something to circle, sure, I get it. Um, but, yeah, it, it might just be that rookie puts the pedal to the metal. And, you know, for a long time, I mean, a long time before Otani became Otani, basically, it was kind of consensus that that was the second best player in baseball behind Mike Trout, like for a long time. So that's not like he's some guy coming out of nowhere. Also, this does matter, unfortunately. It was a big narrative week, especially for Mookie Betts. He went back to Boston for the first time and also played incredibly well. So got a lot of attention for that. Lots of national stuff there. And I'm not saying that should matter, but it probably does. And someone tweeted at me tonight about this. Like, It it may come down to this series coming up between the Reds and Dodgers. And while that seems and is, by the way, incredibly absurd, it also might be true. If, if Betts hits four home runs with Ronnie on the other side and the Dodgers w- win the series, he will take a bigger lead in the MVP race. Again, that's very stupid, in my opinion, but the narrative stuff and like, what voters hold on to. And look, last thing, and I promise I'm, I'll stop rambling. There is a segment of voter that is going to start their research or maybe even have most of the research be who is leading in war. And right now, Betts leads in Fangrafts war. And baseball reference war by a decent amount, by a decent amount, and I understand you might not love that, but there are voters that are going to look at that column first, and that's where bets number one.
1: Yes, and I also think there are a lot of boomers in the Baseball yeah. Writers Association that, that, of that America, too. yes, who are going to look at stolen bases for Ronald. And again, I mean, it, he's going to do something that's never been done before. I well, mean, that, uh,
0: honestly, uh, to your point, if Ronnie didn't have a stolen bases. Betts would have a big lead right now. As, as much as people don't like want to think about that, if you if you went by okay, so in a vacuum, Scott, if I told you six months ago, if I just showed you these these two players, Fangraphs War, Baseball Reference War, WRC Plus, and defensive numbers, bets would have a pretty solid lead. Yeah. The, the, the category that gets running to being basically even with bets right now is stolen bases. That that's yeah. the one which. I think it's extremely impressive, but it's not like that's a tiebreaker. Like that's actually getting running to where it is a tie, if that makes sense.
1: Yes. And I, you know, I think baseball writers have evolved over the years. (laughs) I I do (laughs) still think there are a lot of them who are going to see historic stolen base numbers for a guy with, with 30 plus homers as well and be swayed. And um, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun and for my money and we should, we'll preview the series here in a minute you know, for my money, these are the two best teams in Major League Baseball. The Braves and the Dodgers, for my money, are head and shoulders almost above the rest. Um, the Orioles are up there in wins. I just don't really buy them as like a full on World their, Series. Their team. pitching isn't good enough. In- yeah. The, the Texas Rangers have fallen off a cliff and are still falling. The Rays have uh, more issues than they probably, than, you know, than we could probably talk about in this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in the rest of the American League. While there's some good teams, just for my money, and when you include the injuries the Braves and Dodgers have dealt with and now they're getting healthier, um, you know, th- the two best players on the two best teams, and they both happen to be in the same league, is going to make for some awesome storylines and-, and really a great four games upcoming in LA. I
0: totally agree, and I think it th- th- there's more drama than Braves fans wanted in the MVP race. Um, but it could be fun if Ronnie just has this great close and he can win it. That'd be a lot of fun. More drama isn't always bad. Um, it's just uh, I am I'm more surprised, and it really is just wrap it up. Yeah. More of a hat tip to bets than anything else. And I know great, that's not fun, but it's great nice. player
1: <laughs> and a great dude. I mean, there there's no one in Major League Baseball who would talk bad of Mookie Betts, so. I mean, if this was a player, I like like if this was Pete Alonso, oh, I would probably be like less willing to at least concede that it's more of a race. I mean, I, I really like Mookie Betts. I think most baseball fans, yeah. do. Um, yeah, and, and I, there's I, I an offer, oppor- and, and there's an opportunity for Ronald to kind of sway the narrative this weekend. If he goes to LA and hits three home runs this weekend, and the Braves take three out of four, I would guess that Fangraphs and and FanDuel would or uh, uh, DraftKings and FanDuel would probably <laughs> sway the numbers back a little bit. It really I, does I feel agree. like yeah, it's gonna be a close race, man.
0: Yeah. And last thing, is I want to make sure I at least mention it, there is also this is actually working on Ronnie's favor. I think there is a chance in a month from now that maybe Freddie and Mookie split a little bit. Um, you know, not that Olson is far off from Freddie, but I think just the narrative is Olson's not really in the mix narrative-wise. Uh I think if if Matt were to have 10 home runs in September, he might be right there, if that makes sense. But yeah. it's kind of hard to see Freddie. And this is, I'd say it's no matter what who, who who the player was, but Frey doesn't really have the obvious case. Like for Ronnie, he's got like we said, thirty sixty and all that stuff. Betts has the advanced numbers case, etc. Freddie's just been really good, but he doesn't really have that one thing to stand on in the race. So yeah. that's kind and of why I think it's not going to be him in the mix unless he goes crazy.
1: And Freddie's won it before yes. in 2020 with the, you know, the shortened year. So And it was him, 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 how, and, Marcel, him and
0: Marcel dueling in, uh, that's in 2020, right.
1: as yeah, yeah. wild as that um, sounds. And I don't know how much water that holds with the voters, but, you know, you I guess Mookie's also been an American League MVP, yes. I believe. Yes. Um, so, you know, Ronald hasn't won it. I don't know how much that impacts these things, but um, yeah, it, it does seem like it's going to come down to Mookie and Ronald, who might truly be the second and third best players on planet earth right now.
0: I would agree. All right. That's enough for now. We will uh, certainly litigate that again if we need to, but it felt like it was time to do a little bit more on it because of uh, all of the discussion, quite honestly. And uh, people really, really mad at your friend, Jeff Passett. Uh, Brace rates really mad at Jeff this week <laughs> for even for even having the goal to bring it up, Scott. Just just furious yes. with Jeff Paston. Yeah. So uh base Oh, I have to make fun of base running base running numbers. Did oh you, my did god! You see that whole narrative from, uh, from 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 your guy Jeff bringing up base run base running stats as if Ronnie's not going to steal hundred bases. Or it's
1: the first <laughs> time in the history of baseball arguments that BSR has been brought <laughs> up to argue who should be MVP.
0: I, I love I love a good I love a good advanced metric, Scott. And I, I wouldn't even have
1: tried that. That's absurd. What we, what how we, how what the hell are we bsr like like does someone <laughs> i don't know man that could be a whole rant slash deep dive but i, I almost mean, brought it up someone, earlier and
0: i forgot i want to make sure we at least made fun of it on the way on the way by i had to say that because that yeah. was uh, uh i enjoyed a lot of the making fun of passing yeah, in for that does someone aspect at,
1: does someone at fan track every time freddie freeman runs around first base i mean i yeah don't, it just don't
0: absolutely stuff. cracks me up just uh, look i i I think we like to have a smart conversation on this podcast in general, but uh, th- there's, there's, there's no way you're going to convince me that Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna are similar base runners. You're, you're just not going to do that to me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sure. No, you're not going to do it. And Freddie's always, I will say Freddie's been a sneaky good base runner in his career. Sneaky good, but he's not Ronald Acuna on the baseball. On the baseball. No. <laughs> um, okay. Moving right along. We talked about it a little bit already, but they're going to Colorado now. In fact, they're probably already there as we're speaking, or at least they're on their way. Um, and then they go to L- and then they go to L.A. So the, the Rocky series, they're they're not good, man. Uh, we kind of know that. It's Elder Monday, Morton Tuesday. We'll see on Wednesday. could be Sirocco. It could be something else. Um, anything else to add? I mean, that, that's a series where, like, nothing is assured ever, but that's a pretty bad team with two lefty starters, and uh, it's a pretty favorable matchup.
1: Uh, yeah, a team, the Braves, should – take advantage of Um, you know you you can never guarantee things in this great sport but at least two out of three ideally they take all three games you know anytime you don't have freed and strider pitching in a series it brings a little bit of uncertainty the braves do have a tbd on wednesday they are going to push strider back a day so he will start game one in la which i think is a good call so we'll see who they bring up for that start maybe it's a bullpen game Maybe they use Winins, maybe they bring up Michael Soroka for a day. We'll see. Um, but I mean, take don't don't look past, I mean, it's like a football thing. don't don't <laughs> look past the Rockies and end up losing two out of three because you're pumped for the the Dodgers this weekend. But overall, man, I mean, the talent discrepancy on these two teams is astounding.
0: Uh Yes, I would <laughs> concur with that, but look, the one thing is it, it's course field. I mean, weird things could happen there. You might have a 12, 10 game go against you. Like, you know, this is not even, we, we always use the A's example. Cause that happened earlier this season. There's a little bit, there's just more variance in Colorado and their offense is not even bad. It's just their, their prevention I mean, Oh my God, I'm looking at this now. They have allowed almost 90 more runs than any team in the national league this year. And again, part of that's course, but man, that is, that's an astounding figure. They've allowed, 752 runs they have allowed more runs than the braves have scored and we all know how good the braves offense is so oh my god my goodness they um, are
1: they're, they're the worst run organization in baseball i mean it, all yeah. things equal because they can spend money or you know have spent money i mean they have some big contracts on they this have team. more
0: money than the a's do that's for sure right least, oakland is yes.
1: yeah oakland is hand tied with with a variety of things there's they have an excuse. Oakland has an excuse. I mean, no team should be as bad as Oakland is, but they at least have some external excuses. The the Rockies have no excuse for being this terrible, and and they're going to be terrible for years.
0: Yeah, the A's ownership is really, really bad, but their front office is probably not. It's just everything else going on. Yeah. Rockies are the worst team in the National League this year by almost 100 runs, run differential, and six games in the the standings, etc. So, That kind of tells you nothing is assured, but a good good series uh, there. And then the big one over the weekend in L.A., four games against the Dodgers. Um, If the Braves win the series, they would be in a stranglehold spot for the number one seed. If the Braves lose the series, it gets a lot tighter, obviously. Um, But some headliners in the mix, for sure. I mean, we might see all the best pitchers on both sides. It's possible anyway. Uh, yeah. Kershaw is lined up there. We know that Freed's lined up there, Strider, et cetera. So, uh, it, honestly, it's it's about as big of a series in terms of, like, talent as you can as you can get. The, the only problem is that there isn't as much pressure beyond the number one seed because of the, of the division leads on both sides. That's kind of the only thing that maybe, uh, maybe draws it out a little bit, but um, I don't really care about that. It's two awesome teams playing on a weekend in L.A., Dodger Stadium, buzz, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, an interesting thing to mention is the way the NL playoff bracket is going to shake out. Of course, the one seed gets home field. So it would be great for the Braves to be at truest with the home field advantage the whole way, including the World Series, should they get there. Um, Although, as we saw last year, the winner, the one seed is going to get the winner, excuse me, of the 4 5 series, which. Is probably going to be the Phillies and maybe the Diamondbacks or the Cubs. So you know if yes, you're the top seed, although you get I think a pretty dangerous Philly team. Whereas the two seed is going to get the Brewers against whoever the third wild card is, maybe the Marlins, uh, maybe the the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Reds are in there. Um, so while then you wouldn't have home field should you see the number one seed, the Dodgers in the nlcs you do probably get a bit of a weaker opponent in the first round so all of those those things considered i think uh i think you'll go crazy if you try to analyze it too much with a month to go but regardless of how it all shakes out uh, a really big series in la you know that dodger stadium is going to be ramped up for it probably the eight best starting pitchers that the two clubs have so it should be a ton of fun
0: absolutely and uh i know I it this before last week on the show but uh get your coffee maker ready. This is the start times for the seven games this week. 8 40 p.m. Eastern. 840, 840, 1010, 1010, 910, and then mercifully a four ten Sunday game next week. But uh this is the this is this is what Scott was born for right here, folks. Uh right. How many, how many, of, how many recaps do you have this week? Four, five?
1: I think I have all of them other than <laughs> um, other than I Sunday. All of them other than Sunday so a lot of Scott Coleman hours I'm sorry in advance um but yeah always uh, always fun to fill in and pinch it on the recaps for the site
0: uh Scott is our only West Coast person so that takes you behind the count uh, behind the curtain a little bit so you'll be hearing a lot from Scott. This week Uh, we'll have podcast content sprinkled in the middle of all of that stuff, but uh, we do appreciate everybody listening to the show as always. And we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast, Scott, anything to add? And if not, please plug all of the places that people can find you. Uh, By the way, we're also on the brink of the Arizona wildcats debut in football this year in their final season in the old PAC 12.
1: Yeah. RIP PAC 12 Um, the most fitting PAC 12 thing possible was USC being on the PAC 12 network over this weekend. So nobody could watch the game, even though there was like four games going on uh, all weekend. weekend. So very in, on brand in,
0: in, in their final year as a PAC 12 team. Yes. In that's... their
1: final year. Yes. Very Fair appropriate. Time. Um, yeah, uh, it's uh, gosh, college football, <laughs> wrong, baby college football, frills. NFL's right around the corner. Yeah. Baseball playoffs, the pennant race. I mean, just a great time of year. Um, so it should be a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody for checking us out. Please rate review subscribe tell your friends tell your enemies and we'll see everybody next weekend
0: thank you for saying all those things scott but yes one more time apple podcasts spotify anywhere literally anywhere you get your podcasts we should be there if we're not there we will find a way to get there also you can listen to the if you to listen to the show at batterypower.com you can right there in the web page and i'll also read all the content from chris ivan Demetrius and everybody up and down the roster and uh, we do appreciate everybody listening to the podcast we'll have more content coming this week and we'll see you all next time